Welcome everybody to class and you audio listeners as well. Today we are going to go over one of our members' favorite scriptures. I can't remember whose favorite scripture this is, but the title of today's message is Spooked. Oh, not Spooky Basket. Spooked. Okay. So today we're going to start off by reading about... Uh, fear. We're going to talk a little bit about fear and Fear Factor. Uh, it was an old show. It's not on anymore, but people used to watch Fear Factor and it's they would. Still. Is it still on? Okay, so it's probably still on. Uh, Joe, what's his face? He doesn't have any hair anymore because he's getting old. Uh, yeah, so they have challenges, like you have to jump off a moving vehicle, or you have to eat a certain bug, or be underwater for so long. And so people have to conquer their fears because they want this money, and they can win like $50,000. But we, uh, naturally, we have fear. And when things don't go according to plan, we get scared. Today we're going to talk about not giving in to fear. And for this message, I was thinking about, okay, what can I throw in here, like an illustration? And I'm going to share something very personal that happened to me a long time ago that I haven't told a lot of people about, but I feel like it really connects with this message. When I was in high school, we had a couple of vehicles. We had a car and we had the truck. Unfortunately, because we had some financial difficulties, uh, some things got out of control, and then next thing you know, one of our vehicles was repossessed. And so one night, my dad woke me up. It was really early in the morning, like three or four in the morning. He's like, hey, I need your help, I need your help. And I didn't know what was going on because I was half asleep. But I walked out, and there was a tow truck with our car hooked up to the back of it. And I understood in just like a couple seconds, I understood that we had fallen on some financial hard times. And so they were repossessing the car. That's what happens when you can't keep up with payments. Then the person who owns the car, because you don't own it until you pay it off, they took the car. So we took all of our belongings out of the car and the car went away and we never saw it again. It was put up for auction and we lost it. And I didn't know until later that that was actually kind of a common occurrence. Sometimes people, either they get too new of a car or an emergency comes up and they can't pay for their car and people lose vehicles. It does happen. But the problem was with that experience, I'd never experienced something like that before and fear got a hold of me. And so we had the truck and that was a vehicle that we were using, all four of us to uh, get around, to get to work, to get to school, to take care of business, to come to church. We would have to rotate. Three of us would come to church because it was a single cab truck. But at night, I couldn't sleep. Anytime I heard a noise, I would wake up and I would run to the window and I would look outside to see if they were taking the truck. Now we were paying for the truck. Like we were, we were okay, we were handling things, you know, we just needed to, to restructure some different things. But that fear was on me for a long time that they were gonna take the truck. And I'd wake up and I couldn't sleep and I'd wake up and I couldn't sleep because that was the fear that I allowed to get on me and fear happens when the things that we don't anticipate happen or the things that we do anticipate don't happen. Now, a very simple illustration of this is when you're texting and walking and there's a pothole and you miss a step because your brain thinks, okay, this ground is flat. I need to step here. I need to step here. You're not walking like Frankenstein, right? <laughs> you're just walking normal. And then when something's not there that you expected to be there, <gasps> what happens? You freak out. <laughs> Sometimes you may even fall down. Yeah, when you miss a step on the stairs. So when something's there that you didn't expect or when something you expect isn't there. 
Now this can be as simple as walking and you step in a hole or something as extreme as you lose a vehicle or you lose a family member unexpectedly, right? Then fear is ready just to mm, jump on you. We're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And this is actually in the New King James Version. Uh, I know it says ESV, but it's NKJV. Maddie, would you like to read that scripture for us? Yes. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So we know immediately fear does not come from God. But God gives us power and love and a sound mind. And our mind is the thing that processes stuff for us. We know that the brain is kind of the central computer of the whole body. And whatever you see, smell, taste, touch, or hear, it's processed by the brain. So another, actually another translation says self-discipline. Self-discipline in the brain. And what I want to talk about is what fear does to us. See, God doesn't give us fear. Fear is a natural reaction that we don't have control. And many of us, sometimes when we play sports, we are nervous or we're excited, and that actually helps us perform better because our body's like, all right, I need to be prepared for this. But fear, this spirit of fear, some people even call it an anxiety. And the Bible even has a scripture that says, cast your anxieties on him for he cares for you. But the, the phrase fear not, is used over 80 times in the Bible because God knows that we as humans, we get fearful. But He also doesn't want us to surrender to fear. It's one thing to be nervous, like, oh, I'm excited. I don't know how this is going to go, so I'm on edge. We're nervous before a game. We're nervous before a, a speech in front of the whole entire class. We're nervous before a date or something like, oh, I kind of like this person. And I don't know if they like me too. <laughs> We're nervous. We're nervous when we are playing video games. Like, oh, I've been playing video games before. And you work so hard. And then something happens and you lose all your progress. And you're like, no. He starts like screaming into his mind to other people for no Probably playing Fork Knife, right? Yeah. Because yeah. of the black hole, and now it's chapter two, like yeah. season. Oh, wow. Yeah. So fear. Fear is not the same thing as like a nervous or an anxious, like, oh, you know, uh, holidays are coming up. I'm so excited about what I'm going to get for Christmas or where we're going to go for Thanksgiving. But fear is different. Fear is a spirit. Fear lingers. You guys uh, have any pets? Yes. Have your pets ever been sprayed by a skunk? No. So we live out on a ranch and there's about 15 acres and then our neighbors have 40 acres and 10 acres and so there's a lot of space. And our dogs love to go exploring. The other day Rocky came home and he had a cactus in his butt. And I'm like, Rocky, what are you doing? And he's like, ha, ha, ha. So I had to hold him still and I had to pull the cactus out of his butt. Then he had another one in his ear and I'm like, you hippie, you're trying to get your ears pierced over here. And then Bruiser, oh, Bruiser is the worst. He always comes home smelling like skunk. I don't know where this skunk lives, but Bruiser does because he goes and visits him often. And I saw the skunk about two weeks ago in the morning. I was driving off to work and he was running around. He had his little tail up in the air. And skunks stink. So bad. Uh, and it lingers. Like Bruiser will get sprayed and a week later he still smells like a skunk. And I can't give him a bath because he's a big old outside dog. And he's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so fear 
it's like a skunk. Once you get fear on you, it lingers and it's hard to get off. And it's not just like your body's anxiousness. It's not just a nervousness. It's this spirit that lingers like when it got on me and I couldn't sleep because I would wake up afraid, wake up afraid, and I couldn't rest. And that's not from God. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear that lingers like the skunk smell. He gives us power and love. God's given us authority over fear. And that's why 80 times in the Bible, he has to tell people like Moses, who was terrified of speaking in front of people. God says, hey, you're going to go talk to the king of Egypt, the most powerful individual on the planet. And Moses was like, bidip that, bidip that, bidip that. that's all, folks. <laughs> but God said, fear not. And then after Moses was this huge legendary leader who led the people out of Egypt into the wilderness, then Joshua takes over. And he's like, I can't be Moses. I can't be Moses. Oh, my gosh, I can't be Moses. And then an angel of the Lord shows up and Joshua's like, oh, my gosh, who are you? Are you for us or our enemies? And the angel's like, I'm not for anybody. I'm for God. But fear not. And he had to tell Joshua to fear not. And David, he had to tell David to fear not. And fear not is mentioned over 80 times in the Bible because God understands our brain processes what we can see, smell, taste, touch, and hear. But we should not surrender to fear. It's one thing to be anxious. It's another thing to be fearful. And we're going to talk about what fear does. These three points today. The first thing, fear convinces us that the problem that we're facing is bigger than God's grace. That's the first thing we're going to talk about. Fear, not this biological <gasps> spooky, but fear, this spirit that lingers like a stinky skunk. It convinces us in our mind that the problem that we're facing is bigger than God's grace. See, in my little high school mind, I thought we only have enough money to do this and this and this. And so they could take this from us at any time. And that fear lingered on me. And when I got into college, I had this fear that I would only be able to stay in Victoria, that I wouldn't be able to branch out and go and explore and go to college where I had always hoped and dreamed to go. And I didn't conquer that fear until I was almost 20 years old. Fear convinces us the problem is bigger than God's grace. And that's simply not true. See, the problem with this is we can see the problem with our eyes, but we can't see God with our eyes. And sometimes the things that are around us look bigger than the thing that is further away. I don't know if you guys remember this, but we did an illustration a long time ago. And I want you guys to look at one of these light bulbs. Look at one of these light bulbs, right? And as far as you can reach out with your hand, I want you to put your thumb over the light. Now it doesn't cover the light, does it? No. But if you close one eye, and you bring your thumb really close, can you cover the light? Yes. yes. You cannot see the light anymore because your thumb is so close. But does that mean your thumb is bigger than the light? No. no. It simply means that you're focusing on something really, really close, and it distracts you from what is bigger but farther away. And that's an easy way to remember anytime we have a problem. And we say, oh my God. I don't know what I'm going to do about this problem. Well, you just need to remember that if you don't focus on the problem, but you focus on God, He's always going to be bigger than that problem. And sometimes we have some really big problems. Sometimes we find out that our relatives are sick. Like a couple years ago when that doctor said, hey, Sister Minnie, that thing that's on your neck, that's cancer. That was a really scary season for us. 
Then they had to do surgery. Then we had to keep her clean and flush out the wound. And then we had to wait for it to close up. And that took a long time. But we didn't focus on what the doctor said. We focused on God. Even though we can't see God with our physical eyes, we had faith and we believed. And we said, you know what? God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power. We have power over this sickness. We're going to speak against it. The second thing that fear tries to do is it tries to make us feel powerless, helpless, and hopeless. And none of those things are true. See, the Bible said in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 that He doesn't give us fear, but He gives us power. And fear tries to take that power away from us. Fear tries to say, you're not in control. There's nothing you can do about this. It's out of your hands. And that can be terrifying when we get a letter in the mail or when someone gives us bad news and we feel like, I can't do anything about this. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm helpless. No one can help me. It's all up to me and I don't know if I can do it. Well, that's not true either. The Bible says that God is for us, that He fights our battles and hopeless. Fear tries to make us feel like nothing's going to change. Like I received this word and people are telling me this and there's nothing I can do about it and I have no power to overcome it and I have no hope that it's always going to be like this. Well, guess what? It's not like that anymore. Because of God's grace and because of His favor, we have been able to uh, provide not only for our needs but also to bless others to the point where not only am I paying now for my car but I also have a motorcycle. It's debt free. And Joy also has two vehicles. And we still have that truck. They never took the truck. So God has provided for us, even though in my little brain I couldn't understand, how's God going to provide? How's God going to provide? But He made a way. And fear tries to make us feel powerless because Satan knows how powerful we can be when we know what God has invested inside of us. You know, sometimes celebrities, they'll have kids, but they'll put that money away. And the kids can't touch it because kids, I mean, they'll blow through that money. <laughs> but then when well I remember because I had to watch all his money at camp yeah. he's only allowed to use this much money so that he got a jumpsuit a red jumpsuit oh and then lost half of it oh no <laughs> well and that's how kids are kids don't understand the responsibilities of money so these celebrities they'll put that money away and then when the kid grows up they can have access to that and we are the same way spiritually because when we're little kids, we have to learn that God loves us and Jesus died for us and He has a plan for us. But when we grow into our authority, we understand, hey, I can take authority over sickness and, and I can speak against poverty and, and I can speak against fear. But fear tries to lie to us and say, no, no, look at me. I am the captain now. Right? <laughs> but no, fear is not the captain. Fear is not in control. We have power over fear. And sometimes fear will even lie to us and say, well, there's nothing you can do because it's in your body's natural chemistry. And the doctor says that you have an imbalance. And the doctor says you have a disorder. Or the doctor says you have a disease and you're going to be on medication the rest of your life. And no one's going to want you because you're broken or weird or strange. Those are all lies that fear tries to convince us. Now, biologically, the third thing that fear tries to do is take control of our bodies. Once it's got a hold in our mind... Then it tries to take control of our body. It elevates your heart rate. It releases adrenaline. It clouds your judgment. 
You guys have all felt this before, that little pinch right on the sides of your stomach and then that electricity shoots down your legs and then comes up into your chest and then you're like <gasps> and your chest gets tight and then your fingers get tingly and your breathing gets faster and your head gets light and you're like floating that's a natural biological response and we're actually going to watch a little video about it real quick you audio listeners uh, we're watching a video clip from newsweek and it's called what happens to your body when you're scared we'll be right back so now that we've talked about what fear does to your mind and to your body, I want to encourage you with what fear doesn't. See, fear is a spirit. Fear is a stronghold. Fear is a reaction. But fear, it's not a person. It can't fight you. It can't control you. And fear does not change the fact that God is in control of our lives. Even when uh, the people were going through the Nazi Holocaust and they were Jews and they were terrified because all these horrible things were happening to them. If they knew where they were going to spend the rest of their lives, they could not be frightened because they knew that God was in control. In fact, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whenever they were going to the fiery furnace, they said, our God can save us from the furnace, and if He doesn't, we'll be with Him. See, just because bad things happen doesn't mean that God is not in control. And we even talked about this a few months back in one of our series. But when we look at our ultimate destination, we know that God is in control, so we shouldn't let fear control us. How was the clicking? He All right. And fear, the second thing is, it doesn't mean you have to believe the lies that it tries to tell you. There's no way out. See, Jesus, when he's talking about Satan in the New Testament, he says that he's the father of lies, and there's no truth in him. And because he has no power, all he can do is try and talk you out of yours. We don't have to believe that there's no way out. And fear does not take control of your body or mind. We are in control of our bodies and our minds. I begin every school year like this. I tell my students, only you can control you. And I can't spend all of my time trying to control these kids because I've got classes as big as 31 kids. In one room, they need to learn to control themselves. Because if I was spending all my time saying, you don't talk and you don't chew gum and you stay here and you go to the restroom and then you're next, and we wouldn't have any time to teach. But you have to learn to control yourself. And that's why in the other translation, the ESV, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. And that's an interesting translation, self-discipline, because we are in control of ourselves. We're not God's little robots, you know, like those drones where they fly around and say, oh, you know, here I go, I'm, I'm moving the We're not drones. We have a mind, we have a will, we have emotions. And yeah, sometimes scary things do happen to us, but we don't have to fear them because we are still under God's control. We don't have to fear what's happening in us or around us or to us because fear even though it's very scary, it's not powerful. And I want to encourage you guys as you grow up when bad things do happen, just like we just finished our series, Tough Times Don't Last But Tough People Do, there are things that do happen. I've been terrified in a car accident where I almost died. I have been afraid of a brush fire where I was trying to put out a brush fire and it was because of an electrical line and so the firefighters were freaking out. They're like, everybody get out of there, get out of there. And I didn't know. I was just in there with my Crocs throwing buckets of water. <laughs> and I should have been a French fry. 
but God was in control. I've been terrified, even like we talked about when they took the car and I couldn't sleep and I was checking and checking and checking because I thought, oh, we're trapped. We're trapped in poverty. It's always going to be this way. I never know when things are going to be taken from me. But God helped me to overcome that fear and say, it doesn't matter what cars you have, what clothes you have, what friends you have, because he's never going to leave us or forsake us. And that gives us power over any fear that could possibly come our way. And I want you to think about, I want you to take some time and think about the things in your life that scare you whether it's a person, a potential relationship, a lost relationship, whether it's bad news that you've received or lies that the enemies try to tell you about what's happening to you or what's on the horizon. I want you to think about that. Because right now, let's be honest, it's October. Everybody likes to be spooked, but nobody likes to be full of fear. Everybody likes that chemical rush, like, oh, wow, that was close, and then you're okay. But what fear does is it transforms into anxiety and that anxiety won't let you function because it's always draining your mental energy in the back of your mind. You have to be careful. Well, don't get too close to this person because they're going to hurt you or, or you can't trust these people because they're going to burn you or, or don't get too happy because something bad's going to happen if you get too happy. See, fear tries to drain us of our God-given talents and abilities. Fear makes us not accept awards because we're worried about what other people are going to say. Fear makes us not try too hard because, oh, well, if I fail, it's because I wasn't trying too hard. That's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Fear makes us not take that chance and step out because we don't want to fail. Trini, were you nervous when you were up there for the pageant? Yeah, and it's okay to be nervous. I knew it. I was like, but I was trying to hold it in so bad. I was like, is she crying? And think about this. That was, that was a bold step for you to get up there in front of everybody. And if you were captured by fear, you wouldn't have never gone. You'd be like, oh, I could never. Your WCW would never, right? <laughs> like the tweets. So we have to remember that fear, even though it's a stronghold, even though it tries to lie to us, it's just like a, well, it's like a ghost. There's no material to it. It's not physical, it's just a hologram. It's just a projection like when we have our movie nights and we look at the screen and we see all these things happening we're like wow that was a good movie but it's not real it's just a projection so whenever fear tries to put these lies in your mind like oh these per people are gonna hate you or your parents are gonna get divorced or you're gonna live in poverty your whole life or there's something wrong with your body it's just a projection it's just the enemy Satan trying to put this movie in your head that you keep watching over and over and over and over and that's what fear does and fear can seem very scary, but remember, just like we looked at the light compared to our thumbs, the light's bigger, unless you're only focusing on your thumb. Then it seems like your thumb's bigger. And that's all that fear is. It's just an obstacle that you shouldn't focus on. Because hey, you know what? In the grand scheme of things, God's watching over me. He has a plan for me. He's gonna protect me. And even when bad things happen, He's with me. Because one of the worst things about fear is that it makes us feel alone. And sometimes, I even work with kids who are so fearful that they can't even share with the people they love because they feel like, oh, well, you wouldn't understand. Well, who told you that? In fact, we go all the way back to the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve messed up. And here comes God, loving them and caring for them and offering them this, this redemption. He says, Adam, Adam, where are you? And you know what Adam tells him? I was hiding because I was afraid. 
And I love to tell this story. I heard it uh, about seven years ago at a conference I went to. This guy's name was uh, Ed. And he was telling us this story. No, Kurt. His name was Kurt. Kurt Harlow. And he was telling us this story about the time he lost his daughter in Walmart. <laughs> and I cannot remember her name to this day. I don't remember if it was Abby or Emily. We'll say Emily just for the story's sake. And so he's looking for his daughter and he's searching everywhere and he's freaking out. And he, they put on the, the Walmart thing. We got to code Adam. We got to code Adam. All, all employees, whenever they're looking for her. And he's running around and he's screaming her name. Emily! 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 Right? He's running. And 20 minutes he can't find this kid. 20 minutes is a long time when you're scared. So finally this little girl, I say little girl, like a young woman, finds her hiding in sporting goods. And he asks her, he says, Emily, I was there. Why didn't you come out when I was calling for you? And this little, little girl, she was like five or six years old, she says to him, I heard you yelling, but I hid because I thought you were mad at me. Because he was screaming, right? He's like, Emily, Emily. And he's terrified. Like, he's scared that he's lost his child. But she's scared because she thinks she's in trouble. And the problem with fear is this. If we allow it into our hearts and into our minds, then when we do mess up, because eventually we will mess up, you should never be afraid of repentance. Sometimes even grown-ups, they'll mess up, and then we won't see them at church for a couple weeks. And we're like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? Oh, well, there were some things I needed to deal with. And they were afraid to come to church. Like we're not all dealing with stuff, right? <laughs> Even pastors deal with stuff. But the same thing that the enemy tried to convince Adam, still trying to use today. Oh, well, you shouldn't go to church because you're messed up. Don't let them see you like this. No, no, no. You got to clean yourself up before you go to God. And that's a lie. I just got the Code Adam thing. Yeah, Code Adam. Because <laughs> they're looking for a child. We got a lost human. So God was looking for Adam and Eve. And Adam says, I was scared because I know I messed up. And he let fear lie to him and try and change the fact that God's in control, that God loves him. Even when we mess up, because sometimes we're afraid that people are going to discover what we did wrong. <gasps> oh no, I'm terrified. And all these celebrities in the news and all these things coming out that they did in the past. And they've tried to cover it up and they've tried to use fear. And don't you tell anybody what happened. But there's just something so... <sighs> liberating when you are forgiven when you don't have to worry about it anymore and if any of you have ever been afraid of something and then it's taken care of you know that feeling like they were talking about with the thrill seekers and the skydivers that's the same thrill that we can get when we repent when we return when we fix and we let God fix the situation for us or our parents or whoever we need to talk to about because sometimes people are so afraid of what happened that they say, oh my gosh, I can't deal with this. I need to go get an abortion because I'm terrified of having this baby right now. A lot of young women are like that. In fact, yeah, and she's probably scared. Yeah, there are some kids out there. They make decisions. They have these realities and they're like, oh, what am I going to do? Because your life changes. That's or there are people out there who uh, they find out that they've got some kind of disease or disorder or something's going on in their bodies and they're, they're fearful. Or they find out, oh man, you know what I thought no one was going to find out about, they found out about, and now what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, the easiest thing to do is ask for God's forgiveness, first of all. Because He loves you, He's not mad at you, and you shouldn't be afraid of Him. The second thing we have to do is to get it right. 
just like King George and the ducky when Larry the Cucumber is like, what do I do? What do I do? And then the grape says, ask God to forgive you. Ask whatever the little boy's name was. Was it Carl or whatever to forgive you and then make it right. And I want to leave you guys with a prayer against fear. Now, remember, it's October. Everybody's celebrating fear. And they're like, oh, well, we're making fun of all these demons because we don't have to be afraid. But they don't understand they're inviting all of that. And then they worry, why am I so anxious? Why am I so edgy? And oh, my anxiety. I hate when I hear people say that. My anxiety, my depression, my ADHD. Like they built a little doghouse and they're going to keep it there. <laughs> but they don't realize they're the ones in the doghouse. You don't hear people, and even I just heard somebody yesterday, like, yeah, blah, 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 and my cancer. I'm like, why are you claiming that? Why do you want that on you? You should say that or this, because it's not yours, because that cancer is not bigger than your God. That anxiety is not bigger than your God. That fear is not powerful compared to your Savior. Okay, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up with this prayer, and I want us to... You know what, I want us to pray it out loud just so we can kind of get a uh, rolling start. And I also want you to write it down or type it up or do something. And whenever you have fear in you, I want you to come back to this. Now this is not like a scripted prayer. Some religions have like a, a book where you pick a prayer for whatever. But this is just a heartfelt, simple baseline for you to start with. And it goes like this. Why don't you guys repeat after me? Lord, help me to remember you were with me. And I, and I have, nothing have nothing to fear. I believe in you. I, believe in you. I, trust, you. I trust you. And I love you. And I you. you don't give me, don't give me a, spirit a spirit of fear, but of power, but of power love, love, and a sound mind. And, a sound mind. and where do we get this last part from right here? Second Timothy 1 7 and that's the Word of God and that's why every week we come together and we put these scriptures inside of us so when someone tries to lie to us we remember the truth we know that Jesus Christ is the Word of God and he said in John 14 6 I'm the way the truth and the light and anyone who believes in him will see the Father so we have the Word of God that tells us hey fear is a lie Y'all guys ever heard that song? Fear is a liar. Yeah, that's exactly what he's talking about. It's not real. It's just a projection. It's just a, not a figment of our imagination, but it's a spirit. And we have authority over spirits. Because Jesus conquered fear. He conquered sin. He conquered death. And now we understand that even in a greater measure. Because when you were little kids, how do we explain it to you? Well, God's bigger than the boogeyman. But now you're at the age where we can talk about <clears throat> what happens in your body biologically. We can talk about your mind and spirits and how you have authority. And that's what I wanted to leave you guys with today. That you, in October of 2019, do not have to be spooked. So thanks for coming today, guys. And you audio folks, thanks for listening in. Remember, you can catch up with all these episodes at anchor.fm slash GNC Victoria. Thanks for tuning in.